It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers, and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Coming up this hour. Another deadly mass shooting in the U.S., this time in Tulsa. President Biden is likely to visit Saudi Arabia as gas prices surge. And Sheryl Sandberg steps down from Facebook parent Meta after 14 years. She tells us why. New York Mayor Adams names a gun violence czar, plus President Biden gets pushback saying no one anticipated the baby formula shortage. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stanshaw in sports. Another win for the Rangers. They beat Tampa Bay in game one. The Mets won their sixth in a row. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning. I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon Pershing's Insight Conference back in person June 15th through the 17th at the Gaylord Resort in Grapevine, Texas. Don't miss it. Register now at insight.bnymellon.com. And U.S. futures are higher this morning. 601 on Wall Street. I'm going to check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 17 points. Dow futures up 103. NASDAQ futures up 73. And the 10-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds. Yield 2.91%. Nathan. Karen, we begin with yet another deadly mass shooting in the U.S., this time at a medical building in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Deputy Police Chief Eric Dalglish says a man carrying a rifle and a handgun opened fire on employees and visitors before turning the gun on himself. We have uh, four civilians that are uh, dead. We have one shooter that is dead. And uh, right now, we believe that is self-inflicted. Deputy Chief Eric Dalglish says it took about three minutes for officers to arrive at the scene, and they made contact with the gunman about ten minutes later. This comes after other deadly mass shootings in Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo, New York, that already have Democratic leaders calling for greater restrictions on guns. Nathan, while President Biden contends with another shooting, he is also grappling with rising gas prices. That has him now planning a trip to Saudi Arabia. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Sources tell Bloomberg News President Biden is likely to visit Saudi Arabia later this month, and that could mean the president would also meet with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, who the U.S. blames for the 2018 murder of U.S.-based columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Now, early in his presidency, Biden said he would only deal with Saudi Arabia's official head of state, King Salman bin Abdulaziz. 
But the president is under increasing pressure to meet with Ben Solomon as gas prices hit record highs. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, Amy, consumers could get a bit more relief at the pump ahead of that proposed trip. According to the Financial Times, Saudi Arabia is prepared to produce more crude if Russian output declines substantially. Meantime, OPEC and its allies meet today. They're expected to ratify a modest increase in production. Checking prices now, NYMEX crudes down 2.2% or $2.52 at $112.73 a barrel. Brent is down two and a quarter percent at one hundred thirteen dollars sixty six cents. Well, Nathan Wall Street is still reacting to the resignation of Meta Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg. She became one of the most recognized figures in global business after helping Facebook transform from a startup into a multi-billion dollar advertising powerhouse. Sandberg spoke about her decision with Bloomberg's Emily Chang. The decision I didn't come to lightly, but it's been fourteen years. It's been 14 years, and I want to make more room to do more philanthropically. Cheryl Sandberg calls her time at Meta, quote, the honor and privilege of a lifetime. Well, Sandberg leaves a complicated legacy, Karen. While she helped to build Facebook into a global giant, the company's reputation was tarnished by developing blind spots on data and misinformation. Techonomy Media CEO David Kirkpatrick calls Sandberg one of the most powerful women in the business world. Well, she served as a symbol of women's success in business, there's no question. I mean, for most of the last 14 years, certainly for the last maybe 10 or 11 years, She could have left Facebook at any time and become the CEO of any company in the world. And I know she was solicited for those kinds of jobs time and time again and didn't show interest because she really wanted to stay here. Techonomy Media CEO David Kirkpatrick spoke with Bloomberg Technologies' Emily Chang. For more from Emily and our tech team, subscribe to the Bloomberg Technology Podcast. It's available daily wherever you get your podcasts. On turning to the economy now, Nathan, our focus remains on the Fed. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard wants to raise interest rates to 3.5% this year to tame inflation. As we get tangible evidence that inflation is definitely retreating, then uh, we could look at reducing the policy rate in future years, 2020, maybe late 2023 or 2024. St. Louis Fed President James Bullard spoke at the Economic Club of Memphis. He's traditionally been the most hawkish official on the Fed. A couple of Wall Street CEOs think Bullard and the Fed have a very difficult road ahead of them, Karen. Here's Wells Fargo CEO Charlie Scharf. The economy has to slow. The Fed has been very clear about what their intentions are. And the, the a scenario of a soft landing is very difficult to achieve and I think extremely difficult to achieve in the environment that we're in today. Wells Fargo CEO Charlie Scharf says he sees loan growth starting to moderate. His comments follow a similar warning from J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon. It's a hurricane. It's we, Right now it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, Everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy. Both J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon and Charlie Scharf of Wells Fargo made their comments at a conference in New York. Let's update you now on some key earnings from late yesterday. Shares of Hewlett-Packard Enterprise down more than 6% in early trading after the company lowered its forecast. Bloomberg's Doug Krisner has more. The company cited a few headwinds, unfavorable currency movements, supply chain disruptions, and the impact of the company's exit from the Russian market. Hewlett-Packard Enterprise said profit, excluding some items, will be as much as $0.07 less than the previous guidance issued in March. HPE has been working to reduce its reliance on sales of hardware, such as data center servers, by encouraging customers to pay for additional services with subscriptions. 
In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thanks. Now, some other stocks we're following in the pre-market. Shares of Chewy right now are up more than 17%. The pet products retailer reported profit and sales at topped estimates. And as usual, some volatility for GameStop shares. The video game retailer reported a wider-than-expected first-quarter net loss. After falling almost 3%, GameStop is now up about 1%. Futures are up as well. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 63 degrees in Central Park. Flooding issues are improving on the uh, Bronx River Parkway in White Plains. We'll get the latest in traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr's here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Mayor Eric Adams will name a gun violent czar. Adams continues to be confronted with a stubbornly high number of gun offenses in the city. According to the New York Times, the Adams administration has also considered declaring a state of emergency related to the surge in gun violence. Meanwhile, Mayor Adams also sent a stern letter to city employees that they need to stop working from home. Adams wrote, all city employees should be advised that absent a reasonable accommodation, you are required to report to work in person for every scheduled workday, and hybrid schedules of any kind are not permitted. Baby formula makers met with President Biden for an update on ending the supply crisis in the U.S. There's nothing more stressful than the feeling you can't get what your child needs, he or she needs. And it's why I've directed my administration to use every tool available to increase the supply get more formula on shelves as quickly as possible. However, President Biden faced pushback on his claims that no one predicted shutting one food plant would create a nationwide shortage. Perigo Baby Formula producer executive Murray Kessler told President Biden he immediately knew there would be a supply crisis when the FDA closed the Abbott Formula plant. The very first thing we did when we heard about the Abbott recall was we could foresee that this was going to create a tremendous shortage. We um, significantly increased all our material orders. Murray Kessler with Perigo. Later, the White House press secretary said the administration has been working to relieve the formula shortage since day one. The U.S. Transportation Department is making it easier for Americans to travel to Cuba, lifting flight restrictions that were established during the Trump administration. The restrictions had prevented U.S. airline flights and chartered flights from going to Cuban cities other than Havana. The Queen's Platinum Jubilee is underway, a four-day bash designed to honor her 70 years on the throne. Millions across Britain are ready to take to the streets for parties. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. 6.09 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, the Rangers are in a place they had not been before in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Ahead in a series before Game 7. Game 1 with Tampa Bay and a Chris Kreider goal on the Rangers' first shot of the series. They led 2-1, to one, then 3-2, to two, and then the kid line... Filipino, Capo Caco, and Alexis Lafreniere, all under the age of 22. They were on the ice for almost three minutes. Peter behind the net. Wipes it up the board. Take it back by Sorelli. Lifts it. But it's batted down by Fox. He keeps it in the offensive zone. He centers to Lafreniere. Let's try to Miller. Miller to Hedel. He scores! What a shift by the Rangers! And it ends up in the lightning stick. 
Rangers. Sam Rosen on WEPN. Second goal tonight for the suddenly red-hot Philip Heedle. He scored eight goals in the regular season. He's got seven in the playoffs. Artemi Panarin scored opening minute of the third period. And then Mika Zibanejad. Rangers beat the Lightning 6-2. to two. Tampa had only allowed a total of three goals in its four-game sweep with Florida. The Rangers doubled that in one game. They've now won five of their last six, seven in a row at the Garden where they'll be back for game two tomorrow. Mets hit the road right in a six-game winning streak, finished the sweep in Washington 5-0 behind Carlos Carrasco and four hits by Tomas Nito. Now a 10-game road trip, all 10 in Southern California, starting tonight against the Dodgers. Yankees and Angels rained out, so a split doubleheader today and tonight. NBA Finals begin tonight, Celtics and Warriors in San Francisco, and also today the women's semifinals. At the French Open, John Stashella, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. S&P futures right now up 19 points. Dow futures up 120. NASDAQ futures are higher by 77 points. The 10-year Treasury is down 330 seconds. The yield 2.91%. Yield on the two-year, 2.65%. Sheryl Sandberg looks to life beyond Facebook parent meta platforms. We'll get reaction to her departure as COO. Dan Ives of Wedbush Securities joins us next. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. The Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Hofstra University's Frank G. Zarb School of Business. Top-ranked online MBA program with a real-world foundation. Learn more at hofstra.edu slash grad. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Stocks in Europe and U.S. stock index futures are rising this morning. Investors are assessing attractive valuations and a drop in oil prices against hawkish messages from central bankers on reigning in inflation. Crude oil is falling at a report that Saudi Arabia is ready to pump more oil if Russian output declines. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 19 points this morning. Dow futures up 122 and Nasdaq futures up 77. The DAX in Germany is up Three quarters of a percent. Ten-year Treasury down three thirty seconds. Yield two point nine one percent. The yield on the two-year two point six five percent. Nymex crude oil is down two point six percent, down two dollars ninety-four cents at one hundred twelve dollars thirty-three cents a barrel. Comex gold up half percent or nine dollars twenty cents at eighteen fifty-seven ninety an ounce. The euro one point oh six eight nine against the dollar. British pound one point two five four eight. The yen at one twenty-nine point seven nine. Bitcoin this morning is higher, up one percent at twenty-nine. $9,900. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Police officials say four people were killed in a mass shooting at a Tulsa medical building on a hospital campus. Authorities say the shooter killed himself. President Biden says no one anticipated the baby formula crisis until months after a crucial manufacturing plant was shut down. Formula makers Biden met with disagreed. Game one of the NHL East final, the Rangers beat the Lightning 6-2. Game one of the NBA finals is tonight between the Celtics and Warriors. In baseball, the Yankees game was rained out. The Mets beat the Nationals. The Red Sox and Orioles won. The A's and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. 
All right, Michael, thanks. 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Let's turn more now to uh, probably the biggest corporate story of the moment. After 14 years running the nuts and bolts of the world's biggest social media company, Sheryl Sandberg is stepping down as chief operating officer of Facebook parent Meta Platforms. Dan Ives is with us this morning for more on this, managing director and senior equity research analyst at Wedbush Securities. Dan, it is hard to overstate Sheryl Sandberg's impact turning Facebook into the powerhouse it is now. What's the legacy that she leaves behind? Look, I mean, she's a key reason that people know Facebook. I mean, you know, of course, Zuckerberg, you know, it continues to, to, to sort of be the one that's going to take the legacy from here, even though it's going to be choppy. But Sheryl was a key part of the DNA of Facebook, navigating all the challenges the vision, the street credibility, she leaves a massive hole at Facebook. And right now, I think it's some darker days ahead for Zuckerberg and team, especially with Sandberg no longer in the co-pilot seat. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Why do you see darker days ahead now? Well, I think first off, I mean, the company's transitioning to Metaverse, obviously changing their name to Meta, but revenues do not come for another three to five years. And and that's going to be a bumpy transition. And right now, in terms of social media, it's really these Apple privacy iOS changes that's been the gut punch of the business model. And that's why right now, I mean, there was always a thought she was going to leave. The fact that she's leaving right as they're transitioning to meta and the metaverse couldn't come in exactly at the right time. And I think that's why it's going to be a negative reaction for the street as it goes to this transition. Does her departure say something about her feeling about the direction that Facebook is taking now, now that it is meta platforms? Look, she's obviously become more than just a business leader. I mean, you know, worldly iconic, uh, you know, especially with a lot of her endeavors, charity. So she's going to, you know, be really focused on that. But, you can't look past her leaving at this time. It's like looking at a tornado being like, you know what, I'll go the other way. And I think that's the view of the street here. And look, and also when it comes to Zuckerberg, he's not exactly Sully Sullinger flying the plane. There's not super confidence that, that he can navigate some of these challenges. And that's why the bench is going to have to ultimately come through. But clearly, these are almost impossible shoes to fill for, you know, for, for the rest of the managing team. Well, we do know that uh, those shoes are going to be filled, at least uh, at the moment, by Meta's chief growth officer, Javier Olivon. Uh, what's your view on him? What direction do you think he's going to take the company? Look, strong background. He's proven himself, you know, in and outside, you know, of the industry. But but these are Herculean-like challenges they have. I mean, transitioning to Meta, the name change, the Metaverse – that's going to be easier said than done. And this is also at a time social media. I mean, we've seen it from Snap and others. Advertising continues to see massive headwinds. And and Cheryl was the one. She was the pillar of strength for the street, credibility, despite whatever the choppiness was. And, and he's going to have to start to you know navigate some of those challenges. But But, again, this continues to really be was a surprise to the street that it happened now especially as they're going through this transition. Now, it's not just uh, meta platforms that's been hit hard this year. Tech stocks as a whole have been hammered. They're starting to stabilize a bit. Do you think the worst is over for big tech? Look, I believe the worst is over relative to what we're seeing on 
fundamentals. I, I think Street was anticipating a lot worse news. Ultimately, NVIDIA, Palo Alto, Zscaler, Salesforce, better than expected. Supply chain starting to ease. Armageddon was priced in the tech stocks, I believe, way overcorrected. And that's why you're starting to see investors look for bargains despite the inflationary Rubik's Cube macro. I think tech stocks are way oversold here overall. Uh, Just quickly, our last 30 seconds here. Where do you see opportunity in tech? I think software and cybersecurity. I think cybersecurity front and center names like Palo Alto, Zscaler, Tenable, Apple, Microsoft continue to be our, our top favorites in terms of tech. And then I think in disruptive tech, you look at EVs, names like a Tesla, you know, I think way oversold here, even though the Twitter circus show continues to play on. Yeah, something else for us to watch. As always, Dan, thanks for your thoughts. Dan Ives is uh, Managing Director, Senior Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities. NASDAQ futures, the tech heavy gauge um, on the rise, about a half percent gain of uh, 63 points for NASDAQ futures. S&P futures are up 15 points. That's a gain of four tenths percent. And Dow futures are higher by 94 points, a three tenths percent increase. The 10 year treasury down two thirty seconds. Yield 2.91 percent on the benchmark 10 year note. Just ahead, another deadly mass shooting. And President Biden may be headed to Saudi Arabia with gas prices on the rise. Five things you need to know to start your day coming up on Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly cloudy, a chance for showers and storms today with a high near 80 degrees. Upper 70s clearing tomorrow, giving way to sunshine for the weekend. Right now, 63 in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We are just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that make may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. Up first, another mass shooting in the U.S., this time at a medical building in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that left four dead plus the shooter. Deputy Chief Eric Dalglish says it took about three minutes for officers to arrive at the scene and they made contact with a gunman about 10 minutes later. The officers that did arrive uh, were hearing shots in the building and that's what directed them to the second floor. Deputy Police Chief Eric Dalglish says a man opened fire on employees and visitors before turning the gun on himself. This comes after recent mass shootings in Uvalde, Texas and Buffalo, New York, that have Democratic leaders calling for greater restrictions on guns. Elsewhere in D.C., Karen President Biden's planning a trip to Saudi Arabia as he looks to address rising gas prices. According to a new report from the Financial Times, Saudi Arabia is prepared to pump more crude should Russia's output substantially decline. The OPEC Plus coalition meets today. It's expected to ratify a modest increase, checking prices. Now NYMEX crudes down 2.4% at $112.49 a barrel. Brent's at $113.44. 
Well, Nathan, the financial world is reacting to the resignation of Meta Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg. She became a top figure in global business and tech during her 14 years with the company. Sandberg tells Bloomberg's Emily Chang the decision to step down wasn't easy. It really is about how I will spend my time, not how much I believe in the company. I believe in the company as much as I ever did and staying on the board. And I really have complete confidence in the team Mark and I have built. Cheryl Sandberg says she wants to do more philanthropy. She helped transform Facebook from a startup into a multi-billion dollar powerhouse, but the company's reputation was tarnished by blind spots on data and misinformation. Sandberg spoke on Bloomberg Technology. You can subscribe to the daily podcast on all your podcast platforms. Returning to inflation, Karen, we continue to keep a close eye on the Fed. St. Louis President James Bullard says he wants to raise interest rates to 3.5% this year to bring down inflation. And an update on key earnings from late yesterday. Shares of Hewlett-Packard Enterprise down 6.5% in early trading after the company lowered its forecast. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. S&P futures up about 15 points this morning. Dow futures up 90. NASDAQ futures up 62. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street, 63 degrees in Central Park. we got volume building on the Hudson River bridges and tunnels, about 10 to 15 minute delays. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Experts say installing technology to scan large numbers of people quickly for weapons in the New York City subway would be challenging. Mayor Eric Adams says the technology might still be worth trying in a pop-up fashion at select locations as a deterrent. The idea has gotten a closer look after a mass shooting on the subway in April. It comes as the New York Times reports Adams plans to name a gun violence czar soon. The White House is pulling back on statements made by President Biden that he was not aware the baby formula crisis would be so severe. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports. The president saying he doesn't think anybody knew. I don't think anyone anticipated the impact of the shutdown of one facility. But me, Johnson Vice President Robert Cleveland, says they anticipated the crisis. We knew from the very beginning this would be a very serious event. And now the White House says that they were on it from day one. And now that all production is ramping up. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. The federal government will soon be lifting travel restrictions for Americans who want to go to Cuba. The flight restrictions put in place during the Trump administration prevented flights from going to Cuban cities other than Havana. With the start of the hurricane season, Miami-Dade County Mayor Daniela Levine-Cava and several county commissioners urged Floridians to take the necessary steps to prepare for possible storms early this year, especially with a system heading to Florida over the weekend. We know that the time to get ready is now. No time to wait. And especially everyone should have received their hurricane kit in the um, in their mailboxes at home. Mayor Levine Cava says while a tropical disturbance is already beginning to gain speed in the Western Caribbean, it's not threatening southern Florida with a direct hit just yet. But it could bring heavy rains. The Biden administration announced hundreds of thousands of students who attended the Corinthian Colleges chain will automatically get their federal student loans canceled. Anyone who attended the now defunct chain from 1995 to its collapse in 2015 will get their federal student debt wiped clean. Today in Britain. 
The Trooping the Color Ceremony kicks off celebrations for the four-day-long weekend in honor of Queen Elizabeth's 70 years on the throne. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Nice reason for a parade. Thank you, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashauer has a Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. The Rangers keep winning another decisive victory like the last two with Carolina. Those were 5-2 to two and 6-2 and more the same at the Garden. Game one with Tampa Bay. The Rangers never trailed. Chris Kreider scored a minute 11 in. It was 1-1, second period. Ted loses up to Kreider. Long pass to Fox. Into the middle. It's off the stick of Vetrano. Recovered by Vetrano. High in the spot. He shoots. He scores! Frank Vetrano! With a rising shot, beats Vasilevsky, and the Rangers regain the lead. It's 2-1. to one. And WFN then came two goals by Philip Heedles, now scored seven in the postseason, and then Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad in the third, and the Rangers beat the Lightning 6-2. to two. It's their first game one victory of the postseason. They'll look to keep it going in game two tomorrow at the Garden, where the Rangers lost their playoff opener with Pittsburgh in triple overtime, but since then, they are 7-0 on home ice. NBA Finals begin tonight. Celtics and Warriors in San Francisco, where the Warriors are 9-0 in the playoffs. A Yankee doubleheader with the Angels at the stadium. A day game to make up last night's rain out, and then tonight, the Yanks will face Shohei Otani. The Mets will visit the Dodgers, starting a four-game series and a ten-game road trip, all in Southern California. Mets just won their sixth in a row, five nothing over Washington. Carlos Carrasco improved to six and one. Team with three relievers on the shutout, four hits for Tomas Nito. French Open women's semifinals today, including the first ever Grand Slam semi for 18-year-old American Coco Gauff. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. All right, John. Thanks. Six thirty-seven on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks. Some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg's Laura Wright is hard at work this morning, even with the Queen's Platinum Jubilee underway in the UK. Laura, good morning. Uh, what names are you chewing on this morning? Yeah, can I just say, this is quite tragic because I was also working the last Jubilee celebration back in 2012. So I'm hoping oh. the oh. next time I will actually be able to take the day off. But I've been keeping myself busy, having a look at some of the US pre-market movers. Chewy is one name I'm looking at. Ahead of the bell, rallying 17%. Reporting after the bell yesterday, EBITDA and net sales topped estimates. According to one broker, Jefferies, they see the recent sell-off as way overdone. To put this in context, Chewy is down 60% year to date. Pets continue to be pampered. It's not just a dog is for Christmas mentality that the market is seeing, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, certainly uh, seeing a big move there this morning. And I've got to think Meta Platform shares are moving as well with Sheryl Sandberg saying goodbye. Yeah, ahead of the open, Meta up around 1%. Recovering from a sharp sell-off at the close yesterday, she's been chief operating officer at the social platform, been at Facebook formally for the last 14 years. She said she's ready to move on to other ventures. But there was talk of a potential tension between herself and the founder, Mark Zuckerberg, as Facebook pivots more aggressively toward hardware and the metaverse. Sheryl Sandberg's speciality, remember, has been in generating advertising revenue. That is something she was very successful at her former employer, Google. And staying in the tech space, Laura, we got earnings from HP Enterprise. Uh, how are those shares doing this morning? 
Hewlett-Packard south of the red, down 6% ahead of the open. So the computer hardware and storage company lowered their adjusted EPS forecast for the full year. Supply chain congestion, the war in Ukraine, some of the factors that they cited. But in this environment, analysts and the market have little appetite for a miss. All right. Laura Wright with us this morning. Glad to have you here. Uh, Fingers crossed for you, though, on the next bank holiday. Bloomberg's Laura Wright with us this morning from London. Checking uh, futures as we get ready for the Thursday morning open. We have S&P futures higher by 18 points. Dow futures up 117. And NASDAQ futures right now are higher by 78 points. Uh, As you might imagine, the FTSE in London is closed with the Queen celebrating 70 years on the throne. A decent reason to take a break from trading. The uh, DAX in Germany up two-thirds percent. The CAC in Paris higher by nine-tenths of one percent. Ten-year Treasury is down two thirty seconds. Yield 2.91 percent on the 10-year note and the two-year 2.65. NYMEX crude uh, continuing its plunge down 2.7 percent to $112.13 a barrel. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly cloudy today. Chance for showers and storms with a high near 80 degrees. Upper 70s tomorrow as skies clear for a very nice weekend. Right now, 63 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow. And futures this morning on the rise. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. U.S. futures are in the green right now. With Dow futures up 150 points. SB's gained 24. Well, NASDAQ futures are up by 96. The U.S. 10 yield at 2.91%. Gold is up 10. Oil is down. And Bitcoin is trading higher by 1%. Hong Kong dropped 1% overnight, while European markets are mostly in the green this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.15, ADP employment change, 8.30 initial jobs claims, and at 10 o'clock, factory orders and durable goods orders. After the Bellas Night C3AI reported, the stock is plunging 24% pre-market. GameStop reported a wider-than-expected loss, but sales beat estimates, and HPE cut its annual profit forecast. In deal news, Toshiba said it received eight buyout offers. And wrapping things up, C3AI was cut to neutral over at Piper. Live from the First Rebecca News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And here live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Tulsa police say a man carrying a rifle and a handgun opened fire in a medical office building, killing four people. Authorities say the gunman took his own life. With record high gas prices, President Joe Biden is likely to visit Saudi Arabia later this month as part of an international trip for NATO and group of seven meetings. In Game 1 of the NHL East Final, the Rangers beat the Lightning 6-2. Game 1 of the NBA Finals is tonight between the Celtics and the Warriors. In baseball, the Yankees game was rained out. The Mets beat the Nationals. The Red Sox and Orioles won. The A's and Giants lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Blue. Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Karen.
All right, Michael, thank you. 649 on Wall Street. Return to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, one of the nation's leading polytechnic universities and a top military-friendly school. Learn more at njit.edu slash veterans. And now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Pfizer has asked U.S. regulators to approve its COVID vaccine for emergency use in children under the age of five. Last month, Pfizer and its partner, BioNTech announced in late May that a three-shot regime was highly effective in kids. Their trial is likely to pave the way for infants and toddlers to get immunized. The world's largest truck maker says a semiconductor shortage that has hurt manufacturers is easing. An executive at Daimler Truck calls the situation not perfect, but better than last year. Daimler and other truck makers had to curb output at a time of strong demand because they could not obtain enough chips. And scientists have discovered the world's largest plant off the Australia coast, a seagrass meadow that has grown by repeatedly cloning itself. Genetic analysis has revealed that the underwater fields of waving green seagrass are a single organism covering 70 square miles through making copies of itself over 4,500 years. The scientists call the meadow of Poseidon's ribbon weed the most widespread known clone on Earth, covering an area larger than Washington. That's a Bloomberg wow. NJ. I know. That's a Bloomberg <laughs> NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be anything much larger than 70 square miles. Right. That is incredible. All right. Thank you, Karen. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's almost 6.51 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C., where some of the top stories include the House taking up gun legislation in the right, uh, wake of recent mass shootings. President Biden likely to visit Saudi Arabia with gas prices continuing to spiral and baby formula makers telling the president they could see shortages coming. Bloomberg government congressional reporter Jack Fitzpatrick is back with us for more on all these stories. Jack, good morning. Uh, we are expecting this markup at the House Judiciary Committee today on gun legislation, and it comes after yet another deadly mass shooting in the U.S. just yesterday in Tulsa. Yes, uh, you know, I was saying on Sound On just, uh, you know, 13 hours ago it, that lawmakers negotiating this gun bill know that they have a short timeline. There's a certain amount of political pressure following the Uvalde shooting, and if they take too long to negotiate something, the, the political atmosphere can change, and yet we see another shooting, uh, something significant enough uh, in Tulsa so that the president has been briefed on it. Um, it's. Uh, I think it probably adds a bit more political pressure, a little bit more urgency. But at the same time, lawmakers still know, one, to get something bipartisan done in the Senate, it has to be very, very limited, maybe something regarding uh, state-level red flag laws. Uh, and they do need to act quickly because there, there have been mass shootings in the past where Congress just didn't respond. Yeah, according to the Gun Violence Archive, that shooting in Tulsa yesterday was the 233rd mass shooting event in the U.S. this year. Uh, talk to me a little bit more about the uh, Senate negotiations that are underway. You mentioned something bipartisan has to happen there, and we do know that bipartisan talks have been going on while the Senate's in recess. Yes, uh, they've been meeting virtually. There's a, a group of senators really led by Chris Murphy from Connecticut on the Democratic side and Joe 
John Cornyn, uh, the Republican from Texas, who really kind of was, was tapped by Mitch McConnell to lead those uh, discussions to talk about something bipartisan. They they have all acknowledged this would need to be quite limited. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, Lindsey Graham mentioned early on, even short of a federal red flag law, maybe incentives for states to take up their own red flag laws. That's the kind of thing they're discussing. There may be some things aside from uh, gun control or safety measures. Uh, you know, Mitch McConnell has talked about hardening schools. So there may be some Republican uh, provisions that are aside from that. But, you know, red flag laws, potentially safer storage of guns, potentially expanded background checks, nothing that would get a huge victory lap from the advocates who have called for much more significant gun control. Uh, but they are still having those conversations about something bipartisan that could realistically get 60 votes in the Senate. Apart from the gun issue, of course, the economy continues to be a major challenge for the president. Now we're hearing he may be headed to Saudi Arabia uh, as gas prices continue to climb. Yes, uh, our, our colleague Jennifer Jacobs reported, uh, citing people familiar that there is a plan uh, for President Biden to visit Saudi Arabia. The key question, uh, and I think the key expectation, would be a potential meeting with Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, keep in mind, President Biden had previously said he would only deal directly with the king rather than the Crown Prince, uh, holding the Crown Prince largely responsible for the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. Shoji, the U.S.-based uh, Saudi Arabian uh, Washington Post columnist. So if there's an easing of, a ten- of the tensions there uh, and if there's some forgiveness, which may be frustrating to some in, in the U.S., including uh, 9-11 survivor advocates and those types, uh, that would be very noteworthy and something uh, to keep in mind that, you know, this, this, this is all happening through the lens, at least partly, of gas prices and the pressure for Biden to uh, – to have good relations with oil-producing countries. Yeah, and I'm sure that the president is also feeling pressure to do something domestically around gas prices as well. Uh, Is there anything more that the White House is talking about on that front? You know, he has acknowledged that in the short term for something really significant, there's there's not a quick fix. He has very limited options. You've seen attempts uh, in Congress that have stalled. Uh, there there was a gas price, uh, price gouging bill that couldn't actually get out of committee in the Senate. Uh, and we are at a point where the president has uh, gotten pretty honest and, and said that the, his his options are very limited as it as it relates to the short-term uh, increase in gas prices. Maybe in the, in the longer term, you can have a, a broader discussion about energy policy, but the issues we're facing today, uh, his hands are, are kind of tied. In our last minute or so here, Jack, let's talk more about that meeting yesterday between President Biden and baby formula manufacturers. Is it going too far to say that this is starting to look more like a story of what did the president know and when did he know it about the potential for shortages? Yes, and he has said that he didn't know as early as some of the people in the industry who said yesterday that they could see the the shortage coming and they understood 
earlier, evidently, than the president, how significant that shortage would be. Uh, I think going forward, especially if you listen to what lawmakers have said about the FDA and the slowness of the response there, there's going to be a significant push to figure out why did this information about the Abbott closure and how that would affect the industry more broadly, why did that not filter up through the FDA, uh, get to the president? Why was there not earlier action and earlier knowledge about uh, it, it really the how that would ripple through the the whole supply? Because it wasn't just a matter of one uh, closure. It's it's a, a major national issue that wasn't necessarily treated as such as early as it should have been. Thanks for this, Jack. Good having you back on with us. Jack Fitzpatrick, congressional reporter for Bloomberg Government. You can read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Listen to Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. And as Jack mentioned, Bloomberg Sound On. You can catch that show every weekday at 5 p.m. Wall Street time across Bloomberg Radio to get the very latest on what's happening in the nation's capital and the impact on markets. Looking ahead to the the open S&P futures are higher by 24 points now. Dow futures up 158. NASDAQ futures up 100 points, a gain of 8 tenths percent. The 10-year Treasury down 132nd, yield 2.90 percent. NYMEX crude down 2 and 3 quarters percent at $112.09 a barrel. Bloomberg Surveillance is next. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.